What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Just the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Thanks to Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, for joining us there every Thursday at 545. Coming up in 15 minutes, Paolo Ugetti, who is, I think, one of the best feature writers in the country. He happens to work for us here at ESPN. L.A. kid, El Salvadorian, uh, writing a college football feature on USC, uh, it looks like. He's going to join us in 15 minutes. But first, Linz, what do you got? So Disney fans no longer have to travel to the parks to enjoy one of Mickey's famous treats. Dole announced that the popular pineapple soft serve Dole Whip will be available soon in grocery stores nationwide. The frozen snack will be available in three flavors, pineapple, mango, and strawberry. And of course, it will continue to be available at multiple Disneyland locations, including the Tiki Juice Bar and the Tropical Hideaway. So two ice cream themed what you need to know in a row. I like a little Dole Whip. I love Dole Whip. Yeah. Love it. I like the one with the um, the pineapple mixed with the watermelon when they have that in the summertime. Yeah, it's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Is there any way uh, my Disney employee discount works in the grocery store? No. Oh, it's too bad. It's not a Disney-related store. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's a Disney-related product, though. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. Yeah, but you can buy, like, the Mickey ice cream at your local grocery store, like can't, I do for my kids. Can't but you can't get my You can't flash your Disney badge. ID to get that. No. no. Really? doesn't work for me? <laughs> no. I can't get the discount? No. No. So, Dole Whip does sound pretty refreshing. So good. Love it. Right about now. I'm starting to get hungry. Not me. I'm good for the day. Yeah, that's it. You're done, huh? Yep. Was your intermittent fasting from like 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon or something? No. I uh, My intermittent fasting actually went, I'm trying to think. I ate yesterday. I finished at like 3.15. I ate today around 1.15. So, I went 22 hours. Then ate. Uh, was done by like 3.45 today. I had one more uh, protein bar in the car, and I'm good till tomorrow. Really? Don't eat at night, huh? Not tonight. I will sometimes, but not tonight. Impressive. Very impressive. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, Cappy, before I get to LeBron's former teammate saying it's a gift and a curse to play for him and the stuff on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you said you were going to play some sound for him. I was. So, we were earlier we were talking about Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks, right? right Remember? So, right. Dylan Brooks said, ah, pfft, you wouldn't know who Draymond Green is. If he didn't play for the Warriors, he'd just be some dude, blah, blah, blah. So, Draymond Green on his podcast. Let's start with that just to kind of reset where we were. Mm -hmm. uh, the Warriors and Grizzlies, by the way, are playing tonight. So, that's okay. why this is important tonight mm -hmm. um, and they're playing at the moment and the score is just so you know Memphis leading by 15 in the third early in the third so Draymond Green obviously caught wind of this because everybody finds out everything now because of social media and Draymond eviscerated Dylan Brooks in his on his <laughs> podcast this idiot said I don't know what Draymond does out there he said I don't like Draymond at all you don't know me I just don't like Golden State I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now, so if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive Player of the Year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals? You definitely would be talking because that would mean you, you beat Team USA. And we all know how that goes. So gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumbass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered 
why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you, not with you. So Draymond says there still could be a dynasty there, but it won't include him basically at the end as the dismount. So tonight, time, just as this is happening, he went up for a dunk, Draymond, yeah, and got stuffed by the rim. Right. But what I was going to get to was that Dylan Brooks uh, had an open drive to the basket. Draymond tried to get there late and tried to contest it, but uh, Brooks got it high off the window. And as Draymond was getting the ball to take it out of bounds, him and Brooks collided basically and got face-to-face and were jawing at each other. And our buddy Kevin Harlan had an all-time line during this. Play it, Lindsay. For Bain and now another steal. Brooks by Green puts it up and in. Oh, and they're talking. They're discussing the podcast. Green won't have any of it. Brooks wants to try to light the fire. A 17-4 Memphis Grizzly run. Talking about the podcast is a great line. Talking about the podcast. That's great. It's a great line. Way to go, Kev. Yeah. That is hilarious. Great line. They're talking about the podcast. <laughs> That's very funny. That is very funny. That is really funny. It's very clever. Uh, shout out to our guy, Kevin Harlan. But anyway, um, let's get to, speaking of sound, mm-hmm. uh, J.R. Smith joined um, my pal Bamani Jones on his HBO show, Game Theory. I haven't seen this show yet, but I got to give Bamani Jones a ton of credit. Um, you know, getting a show on HBO... When you're not like, you're not Stephen A. Smith. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that sort of monster celebrity. I give him a ton of credit. Good for him. Bomani is also like a double masters in like economics and all sorts of other stuff. He's like one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, forget about media, just in period. Um, His parents are both like college professors. Like, he's a brilliant, brilliant dude. Um, So he has J.R. Smith on, on his show. Um, and by the way, the show comes on Fridays after the Bill Maher show, if you want to know. Have you seen it yet? I have. I, I have. seen it yet. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, um, kind of like a Bill Maher-ish kind of show, I would call it. Like similar, uh, um, but sports, right? And, you know, so it's, uh, but similar format. But, but, but just real quick, because I don't really know that much about Bomani Jones. He, um, was he like part of like the Around the Horn crew or was he, or should he, I know him he, from the Levitard, whatever that show was All of those H- things. He was part of the Around the Horn show for a very long time. He had his own show on ESPN for a while. He was part of, uh, he was on the show with Dan and his dad for a very yeah, long what time. What was that show called? Highly Questionable. Okay. That, he was like the, the regular co-host on that show. He was, right? yes. Initially they did, um, initially it was just Dan and his dad. Then it got, a, the regular co-host became Bomani. And then when Bomani left to get his own, do his own thing. Um, right. Then there was the rotating cast, but right. he did that show for, I mean, easily five years uh, with uh, Poppy and Dan. And then, um, yeah, and then has a very wildly popular podcast, too, called uh, The Right Time. So he's got the HBO show. J.R. Smith's on with him, and they're talking about LeBron. Um, I have not seen this clip, so I don't know exactly what it is, but J.R. Smith talks about what it's like to play with LeBron. Honestly, it's a gift and a curse with playing with Bron. Like, I, I love Bron to death. And I love playing on this team because, for me, I feel like I thrive more under the pressure. But a lot of guys don't like it because, you know, it can go one of two ways. It's either what did you not do to help him win and who else did not help him win, you know? And it's like, 
It's like, bro, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, he had 40, 15, 9, and 8. But he missed a free throw, too. <laughs> like, like, don't just look at me because I missed the open shot. It's like, we all missing out here. It ain't like it's just, you know, and I think that for a lot of a lot of guys, it's hard to, especially with, with the day and age we're in, social media, continuously people. You got analysts running around talking crazy, and you playing on that team, and I think they're, what, 12 or 13? And they're still the most talked about team on TV. So it's always going to be that supporting cast of who's not doing what or who, you know. And if you're not built for that, you're not made for that, it's going to eat you alive. Yeah, I mean, he's 100% right. It's not for everybody because you either can deal with it because the scrutiny is going to be there and everybody's watching with a microscope, or you can't. And JR, to his credit, no doubt, uh, sometimes oblivious of it, um, you know, including the score. And the time. Uh, t- sorry, Lindsay. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, the greatest meme, I think, arguably in NBA history. <laughs> Probably. Is LeBron with the double hands out to J.R. Smith going, what the bleep? Like, yeah. pointing at the score. At the, I mean, they, they win that game. I mean, they don't get swept, that's for sure. I, mean, I think if they win that game, just want to say real quick that, that that would change the course of NBA history. Oh, come on. They're not I winning really that do. series. Listen. Kevin Durant on the other side. It would change the course of NBA history. <laughs> trust me. Things would you know, be so it, different. Yeah. But, it, but it is, when you think about the phrase, it's yeah. a blessing and a curse, yeah. right? So, like, on one hand, you get to go on the LeBron ride. Right. You know, you you he's the greatest player of the generation. He's the most talked about guy in the, in the sport and one of the most talked about people in all of sports. Being his teammate... Being his friend, um, you, you're on the you're on the the LeBron train. You know it. It sounds like fun. On the other hand, as he describes, you know LeBron is looking at everybody. Hey, this is my team. Everything I do is about winning a championship. And if you screw up, you know that that don't play with me because it's my team. And then, and you know you say it's well not no no I don't think he's actually saying any of that that it's my team whatever team he's what he's saying is the spotlight is on so he has an expectation of him of himself and everyone else and you have to live up to that expectation but that the media puts on excess amounts of pressure on the team because as he pointed out they're the 12th seed he was talking about the Lakers at the time the 12th or the 13th seed and the most talked about team in in basketball but you're adding all this extra lebron stuff that he well, didn't because, say at all well now hold on a second here i hear it differently okay you hear I, it differently well george or you hear what he's saying george there's something called interpretation okay by the way it's 6 11 in the evening george has yet to lose his mind at anybody yet this could possibly be the time so for those of you who love when george loses his mind perhaps this could be it coming up for you it's not well, you know, there are people around here, as you say, don't have the guts to tell me stuff. I wish I knew I had that kind of power. I'd exercise it more. Yeah, it's weird how you've pretty much intimidated people around the office. It's very bizarre yeah. to me. I mean, Clint, I wouldn't say that call you, HR, that's apparently. me, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. I hear it slightly differently. I hear him saying, look, yes, the media talks about the Lakers more than anybody. In fact, I will tell you, I find it annoying. Like, we talk about the Lakers. We're the Lakers station. This is Los Angeles. But I find it annoying when I turn on the national TV shows and that's all they talk about is the Lakers. So, yes, there is this big national spotlight. But what I think I hear Jr. saying is, hey, playing with him is a blessing. You get to go on the ride. You know, he's the greatest player of the generation. We're on his coattail. But it's also not so great. 
because if things aren't going well, you know he's going to let you hear about it. You're, you're going to know, and he's and when you miss a shot, he's going to give you all kinds of business, and you're going to hey man, you miss shots too. So I hear it slightly differently that playing with LeBron is great at times, unless you're not doing great, and then he starts beating up on you, and you say it's not for everybody. I'll tell you one guy it wasn't for. That was Brody. I mean, he could not handle it. Could not handle being on LeBron's team because he wants to have his own team. Ain't for everybody. I want to hear the cut one more time. Go ahead. Play it, Honestly, it's a gift and a curse with playing with Bron. Like, I, I love Bron to death. And I love playing on this team because, for me, I feel like I thrive more under the pressure. But a lot of guys don't like it because, you know, it could go one of two ways. It's either what did you not do to help him win and who else did not help him win, you know? And it's like, it's like, bro, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, he had 40, 15, 9, and 8. But he missed a free throw, too. <laughs> like, don't just look at me because I missed an open shot. It's like, we all missing out here. It ain't like it's just, you know, and I think that for a lot of a lot of guys, it's hard to, especially with the day and age we're in, social media, continuous people. They got analysts running around talking crazy, and you playing on that team, and I think they're, what, 12 or 13? And they're still the most talked about team on TV. So it's always going to be that supporting cast of, Who's not doing what or who, you know, and if you're not built for that, you're not made for that, it's going to eat you alive. He's clearly talking about the media, though. He's not talking about LeBron saying that to guys. I think that in the earlier part of what he's saying, and he says where LeBron's looking at you and he's, scored, he's put up all these points. And no, no, no. He's you, saying they, they look at you. They look at you. Well. Not he, they. You, you. Uh, Listen, I'll tell you what I'll do. So I don't waste everybody's time. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go in, I'll go offline. I'll listen to it again. No, let's play one did, more time. Did I, did I miss he versus they? I'm hearing it the way I'm hearing it. I've got my interpretation of it. I didn't realize there's only one way to hear things. I, I, are you saying there's alternative truths? I'm saying that there are different interpretations of what somebody's saying. One more time. Here, here. One more time, then. Honestly, it's a gift and a curse with playing with Bron. Like, I, I love Bron to death. And I love playing on this team because, for me, I feel like I thrive more under the pressure. But a lot of guys don't like it because, you know, it could go one of two ways. It's either what did you not do to help him win and who else did not help him win, you know? And it's like, it's like bro, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, he had... 40, 15, 9, and 8. He missed a free throw, too. Like, like don't just look at me because I missed an open shot. It's like, we all missing out here. It ain't like it's just, you know, and I think that for a lot of a lot of guys, it's hard to, especially with, with the day and age we're in, social media, continuous people. They got analysts running around talking crazy, and you playing on that team, and I think they're, what, 12 or 13? And they still the most talented. So, yeah, yeah. so he, he, first of all, he didn't say they or he. He actually said... When, when you, he, the way he phrased the stuff about when you take shots or miss shots or make shots or whatever, he's framing it like someone else is saying that about them. See, I hear it differently. I think what he's saying at the beginning part is, is that it's very hard to play with LeBron because of this, this, and this. And then he gets on to another part, which is in this day and age of social media, et cetera, et cetera, that's where all the criticism comes from, from the outside. Like, to me, I hear the first part is, Man, it's hard to play with LeBron because, man, if you're not playing well, he's going to give you all kinds of business. No. And then the latter part of it is, 
man, the media, they look at everything, and, and that's why they're talking about this team that's in 12th place because he's the star of it all. So but, my interpretation is the beginning part is he's talking about LeBron treating his teammates a certain way, and the second no. part of it is the media. he's never done that, though. I feel like LeBron's never – he's always been the guy to, like, own it even when it wasn't him. He's never thrown his teammates under the bus, I don't so, think. Yeah, but I'm not talking about publicly. I'm talking right, about Right, but I don't, I don't think JR is at all talking about LeBron there. He's talking about the media the entire time. Right, we well, can – out. I got an idea. Yeah. I will try and get him on the show, and we can ask him ourselves. There you go. There you go. All right, we got to get Paolo Getty on the show to talk about USC next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sorry, we don't got time, Chris, to talk about Jennifer Lopez because we we're late to get to our guest. Paolo Getty is a feature writer for ESPN. He's one of the best in the business, one of the, most, uh, one of the best young writers in the country. Uh, USC kid, LA kid joins us now here on the show. So I saw you yesterday posting on Instagram that you're at USC. So I'm 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 just being nosy basically and figuring that maybe you're doing something uh coming up soon about USC. Well, you know, it's uh well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the intro and and the, and the spot to be on here. Um start of spring camp, you know, there's a lot of excitement in the air trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with USC, how Caleb Williams is doing after winning the Heisman got a new haircut USC's got a lot of new players again from the transfer portal so just kind of checking in seeing what's what and you know getting some ideas for for the next few months okay so real quick now that you were there what's different yeah it's a good question you know it's 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 a lot of you know what's funny I noticed something some bigger dudes that's one thing I, I noticed right away the bigger dudes whether it's guys from last year who returned who you know now doing two seasons of, of, of that off-season workout with, uh, with uh, Lincoln Riley's uh, trainer that he brought from Oklahoma and some guys from new places that just, you know, they look like offensive linemen, right? And I think, and defensive linemen, I think that's something USC has maybe lacked in the past is that, that strength in the, in the trenches. And, and just looking, just taking a glance out there, you saw some big dudes and you saw the beginning of what feels more like what Riley is trying to do at USC, right, and, and trying to not just have an, an explosive offense, but have a good defense, which is much needed going into the season, and a strong offensive line to make sure that, you know, Caleb Williams once again has a has a Heisman-level year, which, you know, if you, if you heard him talk yesterday, he's he wants number two. Hey, Paolo, um, curious, do you, uh, do you know 
what they did in terms of recruiting by percentage, meaning like how many kids do they recruit straight from high school versus how many kids do they bring in versus you know the transfer portal? Do you have any idea on that? I don't have the exact numbers, but I'll, I'll say this. It, it, it was very evident last year when Riley first came in. Mm-hmm. He made it a point to say that ideally he would not want to have to rely on the portal so much as they did last season. And obviously the circumstances last season was that they were trying to improve right away, trying to overhaul the roster and just, you know, of course they were going to dip heavily into the transfer portal. And I think in the back of my mind when he said that, I'm like, you know, it seems like the whole sport is still going you know, still using the transfer portal a lot, despite what he might, you know, idealize, right? Maybe he idealizes like a high school heavy class and, and, and USC had that. Obviously they had a good recruiting class out of high school. But once again, I think they dipped into the portal a pretty good amount. You know, they brought in Dorian Singer from Arizona, Keon Barris from Arizona, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M. A lot of these guys were, you know, high, highly recruited and top talents who were, you know, trying to get in on, on whatever, you know, Riley's doing at USC. So, Again, I don't I don't have the exact numbers, but I think that it was still a big part of their recruitment. So I think it's just, you know, when when you talk to coaches about it too, it's like, yeah, of course. Why are we not going to try to go into the portal and get a guy who's going to be ready to play right away, yeah. as opposed to trying to bring in a freshman who we have to develop from the ground yeah. up? Which they're doing that too, you know. But let me but let me too. let me let me just follow it up then with this. Do you have any idea, um, like how many guys? Let, let's say there's 80 guys on the team last year. I'm just using a round number, right? You have any idea yeah. how many guys left USC, and then therefore mm-hmm. how they replenished through the portal? I'm super fascinated by the portal because I feel like yeah. a lot of high school kids can't find places to go now because more coaches would rather go recruit from the portal than take the chance on a high school kid who may only be there a year because then he decides to take off. So how many were how many left from right. last year? How many came in this year? Do you have any idea on that? Well, I think you're getting at kind of the existential question, one of the many existential questions in the sport right now, right? It's like the push and pull between the portal and, and high school. And if you listen to coaches, especially high school coaches, talk about it, they, you know, they're kind of worried about that very thing, right? Or, yeah. or, or you know, are the high school classes going to get smaller? Like, you know, what, what, what effect is that going to be? I personally have not seen like a huge effect on that just yet. Maybe in the next few years, we'll see a bigger effect. Uh, I think USC last year, I, I believe the big, the, the players that left were because, you know, this wasn't made official, but more or less Riley and the staff communicated like, hey, we're, we're looking in a different direction, right, going into the season. And so I think the guys got the message and left. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the, the amount of transfers that came, in, that came in last year were in the teens, somewhere in the mid-teens. I, 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 I don't have that number exactly, uh, but I think it was around there. So a, a good amount of turnover, that's for sure. And I think they – benefited off that last year very much so and i think this year they were able to be more pointed maybe with those with those transfer portal guys who about what exactly they needed obviously the defense is top of the list priorities so yeah i think it's similar i think similar this year it's, it's probably around the teens or maybe maybe you know low single digit low double digits in terms of guys who are coming in um from different places where is caleb grown what has he said about that yeah, I think that's one of the questions we had for him, right? Like, you know, what what has he done? I, I mean, I think, number one, he's gotten healthier. And that was something that I mean, they didn't talk about as much maybe late last season. But he was definitely banged up. I'm sure uh, those who watched those last few games saw it a little bit. And, you know, the, the word is that he's fully healthy. And I think it's just a familiarity, of further familiarity with Lincoln Riley's system, right? I think Riley's system is one of those where you can never really, like, perfect it. 
because there's so much variation, there's so much customization. You know, he, he lets the quarterback do his thing, for lack of a better term. And I think maybe one thing I'm, I'm looking to see, he didn't specify this yesterday, but I think I'm looking to see in terms of decision-making, right? Like, I think last season was such a big um, show of, of, you know, him making taking broken plays and turning and turning them into highlights. And I think towards the end of the year, you, start to, you started to see, like, oh, sometimes that's not going to work. And so I'm very curious to see how he manages that this season in terms of is he throwing the ball away more? Is he trying to, you know, go for that Hail Mary play even when he's close to getting sacked? And, you know, it's hard to blame him, right, when you see what he does. But I think that's going to be an interesting part of the, the maturity and the evolution of him going forward. I think he he's also just like, this is a showcase year, right? I mean, last year was a showcase year, but this year he knows he's going to the draft afterwards. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that shifts his game, if at all. So, Paolo, settle a debate for George and I. Um, we've, we've been disagreeing about this since it was released, the schedule. George here thinks that the uh, Pac-12 made the USC schedule intentionally difficult down the stretch. I actually don't think that they did, and I don't think that it's, it's any worse than if they would have played certain teams earlier. Utah on October 21st, then Cal the next week, then Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. Do you feel like the Pac-12 has set USC Well, there's up. a Notre Dame game in there too, right? Right, but that's that? not a Pac-12 game. Right, right, but it doesn't matter. There's They know the Notre Dame game is scheduled at a certain time of the year. Do you? Okay, so you see we go back and forth on this. What do you think? Did, did the Pac-12 <laughs> try to intentionally make things more difficult for SC down the stretch? What do you think? Well, it is the theory there that they did that because USC is leaving the Pac-12 right. and they yes. want to kind of stick it to them. Yeah. Is that the theory? Yeah. God, well, that, that's, that's the, you know, you believe what you want to believe, right? Because even last year... When some of the calls went against their way, you know, I think people started to, you know, start some chatter like, hey, the Pac-12 is trying to stick it to USC because they're leaving. I mean, I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can side with, with either way, but I'll, but I'll say this. Last year, they had a really easy schedule when you look back on it. They had a really yeah. nice setup for them to be able to do what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just, if, if you look at this year's schedule as, as tough, which I think it is tougher than last year's, it's just the leveling of the of the odds a little bit there because I think last year they got away with like having a really nice setup. They didn't have to play Oregon, and you know they got they got a really nice setup. And I think this year will be a little tougher, but you know theoretically they're supposed to be better this year, right? I think that's that's going to be the challenge because the turnaround was so dramatic last year that it's going to be hard to top it. But they're going to need to top it if they're going to want to make it to the college football playoff, which is still you know the goal for them. So. I think it is a tougher schedule. I I I, I don't want to say that it was on purpose by the Pac-12, but I mean at this point, well, like, you don't want to say it's on purpose of the Pac-12 because you got to deal with the Pac-12 still. <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, but you know, it, USC doesn't have to deal with the Pac-12 for very much longer, so that's that's another. How thing. about this, Cappy? Just ask your guy Boney off the record and see what he says. I will do it. I'll ask him. I'll say, hey, Boney, you think you got set up by the Pac-12? You think they're punishing you but for leaving? Say, I want you to t- ask him that after a couple of cocktails. Yeah, a couple of vodkas there you go, go down, and then we'll, we'll put some truth serum into him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paolo, thank you for the time, brother. We'll look forward to your work here during the college football season, and I know we'll chat with you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. You got it. P- pretty solid first appearance for this young man, don't it's you It's actually think, his second appearance. Oh, really? He's been mm. on with us before? Mm-hmm. I don't recall. Yeah. When? He was on with us during the season last year. Don't recall. Maybe I was off that day. Maybe.
you know? But it is his second appearance. All right, well, for me, first appearance, hey, Paolo. Pretty good. Oh, pretty good. I think first actually, appearance. in Cappy's defense, I could be wrong, but I feel like Beto was on. Okay, I'm just saying, it maybe could be you could, it could be, it could be your, it could be, that's why I said, you may have been, you might have been off. That was very yeah. possible. I mean, open to interpretation yet again. Well, no, that's not open to interpretation. You were either on or you were off. Well, I mean, he was either on with us or he wasn't. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you were there or you weren't. Right. So that that's not open to interpretation. That's pretty bl- cut and dry, black and white. Yin oh, and yang. Beto was Spick in that and day. span. I just checked. Beto, Beto was. There you go. So you were off. How do you like that? All right. How'd you check that so fast, baseball? I uh, checked my past. Uh, I mean, she can just recaps. go through the rundowns. She sends you got a database. Yep. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, she's you know, she sends it out every day. Cat like quick. In- do you reflexes. not read those things when she uh, sends them out? No, of course well, she doesn't. Really? I don't read them, Lindsay. The recaps. Oh no, I don't read recaps. That's I what I'm saying. Right, I don't get a recap. About. I don't get. Yeah, a re- you do. No, I don't. She sends it out to the masses. Do not get a recap at all. <clears throat> do not. He needs a re- You should Wait. start calling it the recap. That's right. Oh, that's Call a good it with idea. the KAP, the recap. Yeah. What happened, Laura? I was going to say, do you get the ones I sent? No. You don't get the podcast ones Laura sends? Nope. Oh, I got to check this now. Hold up. Nope. Hold, Hold up. up. Hold up. You're you're not on my recap list, Cappy, but that I did inherit it from Greg. Everyone who he used to send the recap to is who I send it to. And Beto I- just texts he was also in with Paolo, but Lindsay already said that, yes. All right. There you go, nice job. And now I feel like I, I did a disservice to this young man. Because you asked him a bunch of questions that like he's a beat writer and he's not a beat writer. He's a columnist. And like no, a, but he's there. He's there and he's on right. site. Um, I know, but you're asking for like specific numbers and well, stuff. Well, I said to him, I don't know if you know these numbers or not, but you know, you're out there. You might be doing a story. Um, but I feel like I, I did him a disservice because pronounce his name for me. Paolo. Paolo. See, I called him like Paolo. Paolo, yeah, yeah you like, did. I yeah, like Well, it. at first I thought you were calling like like Paolo. Like, hey, Paolo. What up, hey, Paolo? Paolo. Yeah. Hey, Paolo. Yeah. That's right, Paolo. Yeah. Hey, Pally. So what do I say? Paolo. 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 Ugetti. Paolo Ugetti. Yeah, there you go. You see? Paolo. It's not that hard. See, Cappy, when you don't want to anglicize, yeah. you of all the people at this radio station yeah. do the best job. Thank you. Of unanglicizing things. Correct. Now, there's not a huge bar to clear in that right. scenario, if yeah. we're being honest. Right. <laughs> I'm John, John Ireland. Is, yeah, I was going to say, John Ireland's is the best. Right. When he's like, Julio Urias. <laughs> I mean, Mason tries, you know. I would always tell him it's Urias, not yeah. Urias. Yeah. Momo's good, though, too. Momo, but Momo's not on every day. That's true. So, you know. And Cappy, I'm sorry. You're not on my recap either. Wow, See look that? at that. So, Cappy, you sorry. need to get on the recaps. And it's weird because I'm on these these other recap emails that I don't want to be With, like, on. Emily and all oh, of yeah. them? No, no. Like, like for example, like, somebody will send me notes. They'll say, like, hey, um, here's some cuts from Anita Marks, Bet LA. I'm like, I don't want this. Tyler or, Whitman. Why yeah, do you some, want Anita Marks? By or, the way, well, Tyler's going to be in tomorrow for me, so... Well, it's not just You can take Anita. it up with him then. Yeah, it's not just Anita, I mean, why'd like, you single out Anita? What well, the hell like, did she do to you? Well, uh, here's another example. I'll single somebody else out. You ready? Who? It's like like the Laker post game. Like, I'll get like you a Laker post game. Oh, no, out. but those cuts we should get. You asked for that, Cappy. You did you ask did. for that. You I was there when you asked air. for that. I did? You yes. did. Yes. You did. Oh, well, I was no. there that day. All right, well, Lynn. I just delete them, you know? It, I, so then why did you ask for it? I don't know why. I don't even remember you asking said, for you it. You said, what What Lakers uh, sound emails? I don't, yeah, get, I don't get those Lakers sound those. sheets. You did. Now you did, did. Now say them. Now I get them and I don't want them. <laughs> I mean, That's what on. I said, too. I said, Cappy, I feel like you're not, you don't want these. You I don't really don't. Them. I'll tell you what I do want, though. What do you want? want? I want an ESPN email and it's been two and a half years <laughs> and I still can't get an ESPN email. How do you not have an ESPN email? I don't know. 
I don't know. Why don't you ask your boss? I've asked. She's tried. She said she's asked multiple times. She's she's inquired with like the help desk. And I've asked. She's tried. She's asked. They've tried. Nobody. You know what? In dealer's choice today. I don't work here. In dealer's (laughs) choice. Would I get in trouble if I call the help desk on the air? No, you should. As long as you tell them they're on the air. George, George, it's going to take you an hour and a half to get to the help desk. He's not wrong. I bet you I can get on quick. Oh really? You no, got, but you I don't want to get in, I don't want to get into trouble over something yeah. so silly. Come on, you don't. Well, want to you do could that. just tell him like, "Hey, you're on the air. Is that okay?" You know. Right. Hey, help desk, you're on the air. Can somebody help me get an email? Also, yeah. Greg, you inherit Greg's list, and Cappy's not on there. I inherit Briona's list, and you're also not on there. Oh damn, Cappy, you strike me as someone who would not want to be on any type of distribution list. I, I'm not. I, well, I don't want to be, and I. But I'm then not, when you're not, not then you're like, why am I not? Well, then so, I get FOMO. So time out. Should we add you to these distribution lists? Yes or, yes no? or no? Would you actually yeah. like? All right, add add me to it and okay. put it on my ESPN.com email. Okay, oh, got okay. it. Got it. <laughs> that means no. <laughs> got it. By the way, before I before we go to break and we yeah. go to big deal or no deal at very late past the hour, mm-hmm. what happened to your Pitt Panthers today? Oh, dude. They got smacked. They got destroyed. I mean, you know, they, they, they were the higher seat than Duke. I know. And, and they got annihilated. And I, I think the final score was like 96-69, yeah. so it was like so bad. I know. They almost won the, the regular season uh, championship. What the yeah, hell? And they, they struggled down the stretch. They lost to your Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who else they lost to at the end of the season. But it was still a good year. I mean, they hey, this is gets back to the exact same conversation we just had with Paolo Getty, which is transfer portal. You know, they had to go into the transfer portal and get a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. That's the new thing. I'm telling you, George, it's a weird thing. I remember how how anti the transfer portal you were, though. Well, I still don't love it, and the reason I don't love it is because now I feel for these kids in high school that all expect to be able to go play ball somewhere, and then these coaches don't want them, and they're like, Coach, what's wrong? It's like, it's not you. It's that I just rather have a guy who's already a sophomore who's ready to come to us. What about if the Pitt Panthers go to the Final Four? Oh, that would be amazing. Then you'd love the transfer portal. I'd love the transfer portal and be pro-NIL. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right. Big deal or no deal. Short version next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nope, not Sedano. It's me. Take it away, Lindsay Pickleball. Thanks, Cappy. So this one is just for you, Cappy, so it's appropriate that I'm uh, you're throwing this to me here. Right. Yankee star Aaron Judge apparently mm-hmm. turned down an offer this offseason worth more than $400 million from, guess who, the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Judge's agents told The Athletic the deal was apparently in the range of $415 million for at least 12 years. The Padres paid for a private jet to fly Judge's agents, family, and his dog from Tampa Bay to San Diego. They Mm -hmm. met privately at Petco Park for three hours with a group that included owner Pete Seidler, GM AJ Preller, assistant GM Josh Stein, and manager Bob Melvin. Mm -hmm. Of course, then we all know what happened. Judge agreed to re-sign with the Yankees on a nine-year, $360 million deal. Is this a big deal or no deal, Cappy? I'd say it's no deal. I mean, look... Give them credit for trying. I say them, meaning the Padres. Give them credit for trying. But if I'm judge, look, guys, I I play for the Yankees. I play in New York City. I play at Yankee Stadium. 
And, and I understand that you're throwing a ton of money my way, but when I do the math as to what I'm going to make for the Yankees, what I could potentially make for the Padres, but then I consider the San Diego market versus the New York market, how much more money could I be making off the field in New York than I could be here in San Diego? So for me, I know everybody thinks that all athletes only go where the most money is. I think, you know, in the case of Judge, he put a lot of time and consideration into this. It was a last-minute thing. They flew him out, put on their presentation, and he's like, nah, I'm a Yankee, and I'll take less from the Yankees and make more off the field than I will from the Padres. No deal. Um, I mean, no deal. I didn't think he was ever leaving the Yankees anyway, let's know, be right? honest with you. I mean, But they flew his dog out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's cute. That's what teams like the Padres have to do to try to woo... <laughs> Like a guy who's playing for the Yankees. I'd be like, all right, I'll listen to you, but the, you need to bring Chewy. Yeah. But isn't that what everybody would have to do? No, I don't believe the Giants, his hometown yeah. team, had to fly out the dog <laughs> last well, time do I Do we checked. know if they did or they didn't? Uh, it wasn't reported, so that's for sure. I do remember hearing somebody like using that as part of a recruiting pitch was their dog. I forget who it was, but yeah. it might have been like Anthony Rizzo I mean, I'm, I feel fairly confident the Giants who won three championships in the last uh, decade or so didn't have to fly the dog. <laughs> well, but I feel fairly confident that if you're going to give me a private jet and I want to bring my kids, guess what? I'm bringing my dog, too. I mean, what do they do? Say, Jack hey, would, don't bring your dog? But Jack would bite everybody, and then they wouldn't right. want to sign you. Yeah. Well, the other thing is Jack would probably make a duty all over the floor. There you go. Anyway, I was going to tell a funny story about that and my dog, but next, we're going to move on. <laughs> UFC President Dana White is selling slap fighting as the next big thing in combat sports, and he's putting his money and his resources behind the Power Slap League. The Nevada Athletic Commission has sanctioned the league for competitions in Las Vegas, but there's a lot of critics out there, including concussion experts, who agree that slap fighting is one of the stupidest things that you can do. <laughs> White and the competitors remain unfazed, though, comparing commentary on slapping to the negative reaction that UFC faced back in its infancy more than 20 years ago. So I feel like this is a big deal. Where do you guys stand on slap fighting? Sedano, you first. <laughs> no interest. Uh, not for me. No deal. Uh, I'm sure there's an audience for it. It's just not for me. So I'm very pro slap fighting. I think I told this story. I park at LA Live. I come up the escalator one day. There's a group of people watching the television monitors. This is middle of the day. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon at Tom's downstairs, right? And there's a group of 20 people. And they're standing there, and they're yelling, and they're screaming. And I'm like, what sporting event are they watching in the middle of the day that they would be having this reaction? I walk up on all these people, and they're watching slap fighting. Slap fighting, while stupid, is hilarious. And I'm pro slap fighting. In fact, it's kind of one of those like train wreck kind of things where you can't stop watching it. You put slap fighting on in front of me, I'm in. I am down. My question is to the concussion experts. Like one of the people who've commented on this is Chris Nowinski, who's one of like he's head of like the concussion research center. I'm probably wrong on what the exact name of the place is, but what is the difference between that and boxing? If anything, like boxing is pr is worse, right? I mean, they're well, comparable, I mean, aren't they? I mean, but how about like UFC? I mean, guys get punched square in the face. They get kicked square in the face. This is a slap. But if you've ever watched any of this slap fighting, people get knocked out. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like Debo style. Like people get knocked the you-know-what out with a slap. By the way, speaking of um, concussions, what do you think is the most, like the sport that has like the most concussions more than any other sport? Soccer. 
Yep, soccer. I'd say that. No, it's horse racing. Huh. Yeah, I saw because one of the one of the uh, what do they call them jockeys passed yeah. away um, from he unfortunately he committed suicide but they they found evidence of CTE like severe CTE wow and I guess they they said that horse racing is one of like the most or it is the most like ninety six percent of horse horse jockeys end up with concussions or we'll CTE never, wow never I would have never that. guessed that yeah, yeah never knew that. I would have thought soccer because they don't wear any protection on their heads and yep. it's not just the head to head it's the ball. I mean, you ever see a guy, a soccer player, a goalkeeper, kicks the ball 75 yards down the field. It's 100 yards up in the air. And then they and have to hit it with it. his head. Yeah. Oh, but think of, how crazy. Many, think of how many times these guys like fall off of horses, and that's a big fall. You know, People get paralyzed from falling off horses. True. So it's crazy. But concussions, didn't know that. All right, that is Big Deer No Deal each and every day at 6.30 adjacent. Today, a lot later. Uh, coming up next, we got one more segment to go. Cappy, there's some football stuff that we got to clean up that we didn't finish earlier, um, including, God forbid, your boy Tom Brady again. Come this, on, come this back. This story just never come back, ends. Come back to and me. And then Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you too. I mean, come he's back. another one that never ends. Come on back. Oh, and a teammate called out Kyler Murray. All that coming up next. Someday. I don't feel like you have bad chompers. No, but I think what Chris is saying is that as the uh, senior member of the team here. Mm. It was an ageism joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. I do notice, though, recently, I noticed something on my front teeth, and I'm thinking to myself, I got to go to my dentist, not for a cleaning. I, gotta, I, I think I'm ready for a whitening, you know? Yeah. By the way, Dylan Brooks going at it with Steph Curry now. He's talking a lot of smack because they're winning a regular season game. 122, 104 with 312 to go in the fourth, but I'm sure you're ahead of me. So where where do I have it wrong? 122 to 105, actually. Oh, I see. But it is 312 to go. All right, 122, 105, free throw, good. Yeah. How's that for play by play? There you go. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of talk for regular season game, which I like. But come the playoffs, people are going to come keeping those receipts. Yeah, I wonder if uh, we haven't talked about this at all today or even really yesterday, but I wonder, you know, you think Jaw's back by the time the playoffs come, or you think he's back before the end of the regular season, or you think the NBA comes down hard? Well, I, I told you the other day, if they find out that he did have the weapon on the team playing, um, he's going to get 50 games. Yeah. Did you guys happen to see, this is a side note, and I can't remember what it is, but I can do some quick research. Did you guys happen to see the name of the establishment John Morant was in when he was seen toting that gun? I did not see the name, no. Uh, I'll find it, and when I do, it is somewhat ironic, and I can't help but uh, add a little levity to a very you know serious situation. But uh, it was kind of funny because it was like shotgun willies or something like that. I mean, something really ridiculous. Right, of course it was. You know, <laughs> so I'll find it anyway. So George, you were about to talk to me about my man Tom Brady. <sighs> do we have the Scott Zolak sound? Sure do. Oh, for the love of God. Scott Zolak is a talk show host in Boston on 98.5, the Sports Hub. He also was Tom Brady's teammate as the backup quarterback for a number of years. He's also the Patriots radio analyst on their radio games, uh, hence the radio analyst part, um, on their home games or whatever their games on their broadcast. And um, just when we thought Tom Brady had put had extinguished the whole rumors to Miami thing, mm-hmm. Scott Zolak is keeping it alive. Brady may go to Miami. I think that's in play. I do. I think the possibility of him coming out of retirement is definitely 100% in play. I mean, can you, you can sit there and look at the kitten tweet from yesterday. Don't buy that. This isn't me saying it. This isn't someone close to Brady. Like, 
It started with Rich Eisen. Eisen's out the Super Bowl. Multiple people have yep. dropped the hints. I don't think he's going to call games. How does that deal get done? How do you how do you sign a guy to that? $375 million ten-year contract to call games. He isn't even, he's not even going to do it next year. I know his handlers have moved to Miami. It's built for him. Can he you was imagine? looking at private schools for his kids. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Listen, George, <sighs> in, until the football season kicks off and Tom Brady is not in uniform, I'm with Zolak. It's still in play. <laughs> it is. And by the way. Even it, once the football season kicks off. Right. It still may be in play. And and the other part of the, that's kind of interesting about the Miami thing is this is what we talked about the other day. So Lamar Jackson, who is from Delray Beach, Florida. Yeah, Pompano, Delray area. Yeah, And would love to go to the Dolphins in theory. You know, guys want to go home, right? Right. Um, the Dolphins can't even get involved in the restricted uh, you know, tag. Because they're because, over the cap. Well, no, because they don't have the picks. Well, they don't, they have future picks. They not right, for this but, year, right? But yeah. they they don't have the picks for this year because they got they they lost the pick because of the tampering with Tom Brady. Now, how ironic would it be if they end up with Tom Brady? Anyway? Correct. Yeah. Well, you By might as way. well end up with Brady anyway. I mean, for the love of God, you already lost the pick for him. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right. Hey, by the way, that club in uh, Denver was called Shotgun Willies. There you have it. I wonder if that's what John Morant's story is going to be. Hey, I was in Shotgun Willie's. They have like these things. They're like, uh, you know, they're just kind of things, props, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure he already put out a statement that said it was a gun and that he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So there's that. Shotgun Willie's. That's where John Morant was. Um, so Aaron Rodgers. My man. To the Jets has now that. really gained real steam. Speaking of steam and yeah. speculation. Tell me. I, I really don't think Aaron knows what he's getting into with this. Like, yes, the Jets have a really good defense. Yes, the Jets have a good young players on offense. I mean, Brees Hall, to me, if he comes back healthy, that guy was going to be the rookie of the year um, in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. It was a terrible injury to his knee, but the guy was balling. Um, he was with your boy Brock Purdy at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And, I remember scouting him when I was watching a lot of those Iowa right, State Right, you did games. not. I was yeah. trying to tell you that they right. were good together, and you mm-hmm. had no idea. You, yeah. yeah. So... Aaron in New York, though, like Aaron is used to the comfort of the kind, generally cordial and nice Wisconsin media. And yeah, occasionally there's a national writer that flies in and out of Green Bay and, you know, does those press conferences or whatever. But in New York, and you know because you work there, and I worked in the Northeast, and I, you know, I just that is a different breed. Up there, like it's now. It's not what it was in the '80s or '90s or even the early 2000s, but it's still not what Wisconsin is. Okay, and I'm not trying to demean Wisconsin. I'm just telling you that they're out for blood up there in New York because they got to sell papers still. Okay, and they need clicks. So Aaron already has an issue. It seems like with the media that's not the Wisconsin media, and he's going to go to New York of all places and deal with that. That's right. Oof, he can handle it. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. I, um, and the Jets, let's face it, like it's, it just something always goes wrong with them. Right. Well, that 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 to me is the bigger issue, is that if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at the Jets organization. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a second, I'm not 25, you know, I'm not heading into the prime of my career. I'm heading towards the the end of my career. Do I want to play for an organization that has been traditionally terrible? 
And do I really honestly think, like, I got to really look in the mirror. Do I really, really believe that they have enough and that I could be the difference? Because if I show up and we stink, it is going to be one miserable ending to my career. Yeah. I mean, as Brett Favre, he won nine games and didn't make the playoffs. How'd that worked out for him? And the funny thing is, like, for all this stuff, like, him and Brett Favre are mirroring each other now. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case, then, I mean, he's going to go to New York. He's probably going to send inappropriate pictures to somebody. And then go to Minnesota? And then, like, yeah, play in Minnesota and then, you know, run to his right and throw across his body and throw an interception late in an in NFC, the NFC championship, championship game. game? Man, yeah, that'd be brutal. Probably going to happen. Yeah. If he's truly mirroring yeah. him. And then lastly, before we go, just to tidy up the NFL, mm-hmm. so Kyler Murray. There's been a lot of drama about Kyler Murray, you know, rumors about teammates not liking him. Well, Kellen Beecham was an offensive lineman for the team, okay? And he went on uh, a local, the local radio station there, Arizona Sports, um, Gambo and Burns, their afternoon show, which mm-hmm. is the station that houses me when I'm out there. Uh, they do a great job, those guys. have been on their show. And they asked him about, like, what, is, what does Kyler need to do to, to, you know, kind of gain the confidence of the organization, teammates, et cetera. And here's what Beecham said. There's a lot of criticism of Kyler. Mm-hmm. What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? Grow up. <clears throat> Give me an example. Be a man and grow up. Like, it's not, it's not complicated. You got to be a leader of men, period. And he's not right now. He's maturing. But he's not there yet. He's not there. It's not, it's not, there a, yet. It's not a completed process. It's not, it's not a completed process. Be a leader of men. He's got all the tools, you think? He has all the tools, man. If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run faster than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and I think- all right. So, I mean, listen. That's a good answer by that guy. He didn't let them talk him into it. Yeah. You know? Because, uh, so he, he needs to, uh, he's not a good leader. I didn't say that he's not a good leader. I just said that he's got to grow up. Right. That's a good job by that guy of listening. Good job. Yeah. But strong opinion. But he's right. He does need to grow up. There's a lot of that. So. Uh, all right, Cappy, great job. Yeah, you ready to wrap this week tomorrow? Yeah. Lindsay and Laura, excellent work. We'll talk to you mañana. Something's coming up next. What's coming up next? <laughs> Something. Something. Well, you'll hear it. <laughs>